very much. <clears throat> Amen. Good to see everybody here. Um, I'm just going to take about 10 minutes, if I can, to share a couple things. I actually don't have my clicker up here, so Chris, you're running the click up there. So great to see everybody. You look beautiful. And I just want to kind of dive in real fast. Uh, we got some very special things planned here, but you just look beautiful today. We love you. Uh, last night, Karen, I was working on my homework because some of you know or maybe not know, I'm finishing my PhD right now. Uh, PhD, it stands for personal health disaster. Um, and I am in my fifth year at Gonzaga University. Um, I started my PhD before uh, North Central contacted me um, about the potential of becoming president. And a big part of that conversation was, would I be able to get my PhD finished? And so I, it's a 60-unit journey. I got 51 uh, units in the bank, and I'm doing the last class of three units, and then my final six units, which is the dissertation, which, Lord willing, I'll be able to, to defend October 15th, uh, chapters one, two, three, which is the big, it's the heart of the dissertation process. And then, Lord willing, graduate next May. So I'm, I'm, I'm leading this university, and I'm, I'm dying in that other one over there. So, um, but I'm cranking out my homework right alongside of you. So last night, Karen came down here at 10 o'clock, and there wasn't, I guess, on the bottom floor, an empty seat in this place last night. What makes this the most special Christian university in all of the United States of America, and I mean that with all my heart, is what goes on in this room, and especially on Wednesday nights with PG, praise gathering. Students come from all over the Twin Cities. It is the hot spot for young adults uh, to meet on Wednesday nights from 10 to midnight. And uh, she just came home on cloud nine. We've been talking about it all morning, about what makes this place truly, truly special. And today is special because it is no ordinary day, because this is no ordinary journey. Um, if we could put the first slide up there, if you will, Chris. Um, I want to frame my comments for the next really seven or eight minutes now out of Psalm 78, 9. It says, the warriors of Ephraim, though armed with bows, turned their backs and fled in the day of battle. Ephraim being one of the tribes of Israel, one of the largest of the tribes, leading uh, tribe. They had settled in the land of promise with their tribal family or brothers and they were prospering and they were settled and they were well-trained and they knew how to fight. But when the actual battle hit, something had stolen their hearts. They were highly equipped. They were scholars when it came to using the bow and arrow, but they were not leaders when it came to the battle. And I want to talk to you for just a few moments about that verse of Scripture and frame my, hopefully my, inspiration to your heart and soul that as we train your life in this room, that when you actually go from the lion and the bear or target practice with your five smooth stones like David, where did he learn to drill the giant between the eyes as he was by himself practicing by the brook, hitting trees, developing his accuracy, and suddenly, the Lord turned the tree into an actual giant. And that's going to happen to everybody in this room. You're going to practice a lot of things. You're going to build some momentum, some confidence. And you're going to be doing target practice as you develop your skill for the bow 
and uh, the, the uh, arrow. But then an actual battle is going to come your way. And something else has to be inside of us so that when we actually face reality in this life, we don't turn and run, though we're highly equipped, highly trained, and highly counted on. It's a very powerful verse of scripture. Um, I want to show you three pictures, if I can, up here, if we could put those up here. These are beautiful photographs. I don't think I heard a single guy go, oh, all I heard was the stash right there. <laughs> Why are you laughing? It's just, it's just photos. You see, I only have like 10 photos of my life as a kid. You have 10,000. You got bigger problems in front of you than I have because there's far more evidence of your changes it's about to hit. But anyway, on this day, August 14th, 1982, we were married uh, some 37 years ago at Capitol Christian Center in uh, Chancellor Rich Wilkerson is in the picture over there to your right. He is helping a man named Glenn Cole do our wedding. And Karen is dressed beautifully. This is back when the wedding, not the reception, was the big deal. Uh, now it's all about the reception instead of the wedding. But this is back when Jesus reigned over marriages and weddings. Okay, so. Uh, um, not DJs. Okay, so it's about Jesus, not DJs. Okay. So anyway, uh, um, Karen is dressed beautifully. I've got my tuxedo on. Why were we dressed like this? Because this was no ordinary day and that was no ordinary promise. The regalia of the wedding marked that this day was unique. And I know that college is not a day. Graduation will be a day. But the experience is unique and it's condensed and it really does go by faster than you realize. Because it's no ordinary commitment that you've made. I love reading for students Georgetown's uh, research in 2016. They worked with the Pew Research Center in Georgetown University, and this is known fact. A person with a college degree over the span of their life will earn, on average, one million more dollars in their lifetime than those without a college degree. Somebody say amen. amen. So it doesn't say those who went to college or attempted college, those who graduated from college. And so this is all about getting you to that place of earning that degree, not just a diploma in your life. It has huge ramifications for your future, a college degree, what you're setting yourself up for by graduating from a university that's fully accredited like North Central University and what that degree will mean for you economically and the doors that it will open for you. You have simply no idea as you sit in that chair, the possibilities that are right in front of you for the taking. If you will simply focus, stay humble, reach out for help, put your hand to the plow, tap the brakes a little bit on your social life, bear down, study, learn. The ramifications of this choice to be here, you may have come here like I did to college just to play basketball. By God's grace, he got me into the setting that would forever change my life. Took me a little while to understand that. Last year, two years ago, when I was selected as the seventh president in the 90-year history of this school, this next year we'll be celebrating 90 years, I couldn't believe there had only been six presidents prior to uh, my term 
The day I was inaugurated was a great day. I stood right here with my wife and people from all over the country came for the inauguration. About two hours before the inauguration, I live in the downtown area, right up here on Hennepin Avenue. I live in, Karen, I have an apartment right above Whole Foods over there. And we, I went out for my walk that morning just to get some nervous energy out of my system. And I made my typical walk right there by the Mississippi River, walked under the bridge, Hennepin Bridge, and then Stone Arch Bridge. But I made that turn under the Hennepin Bridge, and I couldn't believe what I saw. I saw not the fact that I was surprised by a homeless uh, individual that was sleeping, but they were draped in a blue blanket, exactly the color of this robe. And I didn't have my camera, and I was not going to... um, you know, assault their dignity by taking a picture of this person uh, for. So I found a person on the internet that somewhat typifies it. If you could put the next picture, if you will. So about an hour and a half, two hours before I stood here, I saw this person laying in a blue blanket uh, on the street sleeping. And it was a setup by the Lord to remind me uh, that this regalia is very important because it helps remind you as well as myself of the ramifications that what's at stake in this moment that we cannot let it slip. So the robe and the regalia, it is a reminder to our sensory systems, to our minds, to one another of the significance of the opportunity that's sitting right before us. Not the significance of becoming the president of a university, but the significance of having, of getting to participate in the transaction between the proven life and the promising life, which is what this collision is all about here in Minneapolis. And out of this collision between the proven and the promising, what God is about to do with your life and business and ministry and education, whatever it is that, wherever he blows you like pollen around this planet to grow something that's never been grown, to water something that needs refreshing, however your life ends up going in whatever direction, to, to have been a part of that, to be on this side of history of your life, I just leaned over to Karen. I said, do we have the greatest life? I don't know a human being that has a better life than us because we get to be immersed on the right side, the emerging history of your life. But the Lord reminded me that the blanket over that homeless man was a greater blanket and a greater robe than the one I would be wearing in in the next two hours. It was humbling, it was sobering, it has marked my heart and my thinking about leadership ever since that moment. I just wanna share with you just a couple fast things. Next slide if you will. I wanna give you five quick words when we talk about the difference between a scholar and a leader. Most Christian universities were built upon the idea of speakers. Let's find speakers, great communicators. All of our Bible colleges were built on communication. If you found a thinker and a writer, it was kind of by chance or you kind of got lucky because most of our Christian colleges were built around the idea of communication, not necessarily thinking and writing. Now, that's a blanket statement, but really the communicator in our Bible school was the one that was elevated. Colleges that are non-Christian schools, 
are really built around finding thinkers and writers. If they happen to find a great communicator, they kind of got lucky because they were not designed around finding great speakers. They were not based on the proclamation or the preaching of God's word. They were based on really writing and thinking. My prayer for North Central is to remove that barrier of thinking and that North Central University would be known for scholar leaders that can think, speak, and write. Think, speak, and write. I want you to embed into your hearts as young scholar leaders the idea that, Lord, I'm going to develop as a speaker, thinker, and writer. Now, you may not be compensated for one or any of those three in life. You may not rise to fame. But I want you to think about developing your disciplines as a speaker, writer, thinker. When I think about a scholar versus a leader, when I think of the leader, I think of giftings. Sometimes a leader is promoted because of their giftings. I think of a scholar, they are promoted because of their discipline, not simply their gifting. You can go a long way with gifts, but you can't go all the way with gifts. It requires discipline. When I think of a leader, I think of someone who's noticed because of their giftings. When I think of a scholar, I think of someone who's recognized, not simply noticed. And the power of of this collegiate setting is that our life and our work is being examined. People that are proven are reading what you're writing. They're listening to what you're saying. They are dialoguing and discourse with your thinking. And they're giving you feedback and refinement. And as you deepen your life in scholarship, you go from being noticed to being recognized and your influence grows. When I think of a leader only, I think of somebody that can talk about one thing well. When I think of a scholar, I think of somebody who can talk about many things well because they've taken the time to go deep and wide in a variety of topics. As the Lord takes you on your journey of scholarship, uh, we'll break this down further because my time is complete. I just want to give you these five words. These are five words I've developed in my own dashboard when I think about being creative, innovative, when I think about the future and deepening my giftings through discipline, becoming the scholar leader. First of all, is my work inventive? Meaning, is there something new here? We are called to bring some new things, some innovation, some creativity. So you have to be inventive when it comes to life as a scholar leader. I look for in you, is there something new here that you're surfacing? Have you noticed something that's been unnoticed? Are you discovering a pattern? Is there something new here? The second thing I look for is, is it provoking? Does it elicit an emotional response? Does your work, does my work touch the heart? If it's just new, but it doesn't touch the emotion, doesn't provoke, then it will easily be forgotten. Thirdly, is it elegant? Is the work I'm producing, is is it artful, is it striking? Even if it's simply language, music, art, whatever it is, is there something elegant about the work that I'm producing as a scholar leader? Is it also parsimonious? It's a mouthful, but it means devoid of extraneous material. See, the key in the future, guys, is editorial. 
not invention. Our world is flooded with new things. The great leaders of the future are gonna know how to cut away what is unnecessary and know how to package and put it together in a way that is meaningful. Am I presenting something that is filled with stuff that simply doesn't matter to the truth I'm trying to convey? And lastly, and most importantly, is it budding? Does it build on existing practice? Am I reading? And I will say this in closing. My whole life, I've noticed people who read. I've noticed the book next to their bed or their nightstand or they're in the living room or wherever it is. I noticed the book on the bus. I've noticed people who read my whole life and I've sought to become a reader and you cannot replace reading with videos. You have to read and make it a lifelong practice and a joy of your life because it's the only way to build on existing practice. I'm praying for you as you develop your scholar leader skills, your scholar leader heart. You're in the right place at the right time. And this world is waiting for your next move. God bless you guys. Well done. Well done.